got something on my radar. It looks like a fog bank, and it's moving straight toward us. What kind of fog moves against the wind? I keep seeing horrible things happening. You are listening to Don't Be That Guy, Guy's Eagle Remix. This is episode 280. I'm Marquis Mike. 280? 280. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. 280, and is this our first episode of the new year? Yeah, it's our first episode of 2023. Um, Another trip around the moon. Yep. I don't know if we have, you know. We really only did a fun name for 2023 or t- I'm sorry 2013 which was 20 bakers does <laughs> and then I think I feel like every episode around this time of year maybe maybe we kick around a couple ideas but nothing really ever is going to fit as well as 20 bakers does right yeah yeah 20, Jordan I mean this is the, you know this, 20 2023 it just sounds okay to me yeah I think hey, it's easier to say than 2022 that's a hell of a bumper sticker 2023 Sounds okay sounds, to me. Sounds okay to me. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to blame the year for any celebrity deaths so far, I don't think. Oh, yeah. We lost uh, We lost someone. Who did we lose? We already lost someone, I think. Oh. Beloved? Up there. Okay. Jeez. Okay, so... Jeff Beck. Who? Jeff Beck, the guitarist. The oh. famed blues guitarist. We lost Jeff Beck, like last week. Damn you, 2023. <laughs> Cut us a break. <laughs> oh. I, I you know whenever I see celebrity and then people do post and I, I get like uh you know hey if a celebrity really impacted you and you're sad that they're gone but I just I never get the oh 2023 twenty twenty two why don't you give us a break how how did we lose Betty White it's like well she was a hundred years old yeah I mean man. by the end of twenty twenty three it's gonna be a pretty long list hey and as you get older the people you grew up loving. Like, I'm kind of in that stage now. I'm sure you are now. Like, when you start to hit that mid-30s, 40s, the people you liked as a kid are now entering their 70s, 80s. Your childhood people are going to start to die. (laughs) I mean, you hear about... You just have to come to grips with that. Like, I... You know, we lost the white Power Ranger. I can't remember the... Oh, yes. Uh, Jason something. Yeah, he had had a a three-namer. So, and I and I, remember, I saw an interview with, like, an NFL player, yeah. and, and he was really into Power Rangers, sure. and, and I was I was thinking, wow, that to be affected by that, I'm like, well, I wasn't a Power Ranger guy. Right. And then I started thinking, you know what? If Mark Paul Gossler died, I'd be devastated. I'd be like, holy shit. Especially when... Zach Morris? Yeah. And the White Ranger, I mean, I wasn't a Power Ranger guy either, but then, you know, just, he wasn't that old. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So Marco yeah. Gossip, yeah, perfect. Yeah. What? He's probably probably in his fifties, late forties, early fifties. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's gotta be. He's probably fifty. Let's see. Let's let, let's ask. Oh, let's see if this this picks up on on the mic. Hey Google, how old is Mark Paul Gossler? Mark Paul Gossler is forty eight years old. Forty eight. Forty eight. R. I. P. Uh, why does your Google have an accent? Oh, I like you know, Master <laughs> <Mesmeral> Settings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You you got an imported one from from England? <laughs> yeah, I got I got a hell of a deal on that. I hope I didn't sell up a bunch of uh, people listen to podcasts with headphones, right? I was just listening to their podcasts out in the open, where a bunch of Google devices went off. I think they know better because, like, when you when you get an Alexa commercial, yeah. on TV, like my Alexa at home doesn't chime. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think it, I think it can sense some sort of electronic signal versus man-made audible. Yeah. Acoustic. Man, that's just that's how. I don't know. Robots are scary, man. Yeah, the fact that they can differentiate a recording versus you saying, Alexa. uh, But then sometimes my Alexa thinks I called her name or his name. I don't know if it's a her or him. Yeah. Oh yeah, mess around the voice settings. I should. I can get Sam Jackson's voice. I didn't have that option. Uh, I I think you can. She, she or he. I I think it's a woman's voice on my upstairs one. Uh, We'll be like, sorry, I didn't get that, and I was like, I didn't say your name, bitch. Yeah, it's that, my it's spooky. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had an option. It was like uh, the defaults, like a, like a woman's voice. Then you can go to an American man's voice. Then you can do a British man's voice or a British woman's voice. Those are my options. Caught me by surprise, and 
I liked it. It's classy, you know, because this, this is where this is where I record a podcast. This is also where I work. So if I have an assistant, you know, an electronic assistant or whatever they're referred to, uh, you know, I want to feel, I want to feel classy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we watching? Oh man, well, we it, I got a decent list because it's been a few weeks. Yeah, we we we, we had to we had to push it back a week to pivot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, shoot, I'm starting with what I watched New Year's Eve. Because that was the last, yeah. Okay. Because the twenty seventh was the 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 show, our last show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going trash and cash, and I'm gonna do a little extra thing here because I I did some rewatches. Okay. And I'm gonna give you what I what I had them as before. If it's a rewatch, I'll give them. If it was a trash or cash before, I rewatched it, and then what it is after. Nineteen forty two Casablanca was cash before mm-hmm. is cash after. Okay. Two thousand twelve Francis Ha. Um, was cash before. It holds on to the cash title, but I will say this movie is not very rewatchable. Okay. It, it was, it's still okay, but not, I don't, it's got no rewatchability whatsoever. If you do watch it again, is there a possibility that someone may listen to this episode and you'll be like, Francis Ha, trash, if this is your third watch of it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So it's good that you're adding that caveat that you've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. 2022. This is a rewatch of a of a great movie, which was Cash. Mm-hmm. Watch the menu again, still Cash. Yeah. Very rewatchable. And I mean, I love this whole eat the rich satire we got going sure. on right now on on in Hollywood, like movies and, and TV. I, I like people getting their comeuppance, and yeah. I like foodies getting their comeuppance. And so, um, hopefully, they didn't spoil the menu. I think people knew it was like a like it's get, a satire. It's eat the rich is kind of yeah. the theme. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't spoil, like, I don't know, who lives. Right, right. You know, who dies. But uh, it's still There's it's a still giant cash. rat controlling the whole thing, <laughs> you know, in the kitchen. There's a man, man behind the curtain. Yeah. Still cash. Um, new viewing, 2022. Um, Christian Bale, The Pale Blue Eye. This is a Netflix. I'm going to give her a trash rating. Okay. Bummer. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a trash rating. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is a. It's okay. I haven't actually seen the trailer for. I, I've seen like Netflix started playing it, but it said it was coming soon. You know, so a couple weeks ago. It's like a murder mystery, and the detective works with Edgar Allan Poe to solve it. Yes. Okay. That, that's what I got. And I was a little intrigued. I'm mean, Christian Bell. You know, he's uh, one of our finest actors. He's not doing a damn thing in this movie. Yeah. He. This was a paycheck for him. He didn't gain any weight or lose any weight? He didn't do shit in this movie. He didn't even act. He just, like, he just grumbled a couple lines here. Uh, like, he, I was like, oh, he was disappointing. Disappointing. Does he play Poe or the detective? He plays the detective. Okay. Yeah. Another new one. Uh, I watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. This is a hard one to judge. I'm going to give it a cash rating just based on v- v- visually, it's beautiful. But I'm not sure the target audience for this movie. I hear it's dark. It's dark, mm-hmm. but not dark enough for me to be like really into it. Right. It still held on to some like musical okay. whimsy that just didn't seem to fit for me. Plus, it's a cartoon, so like um, your target audience can't be adults. And. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it was it was really weird, but I'm gonna give it cash because it is it is a a really visually pleasing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hugh McGregor, he plays cricket. He's great in it. Um, good writing. That character had great writing and, and great performance. Going back in time, 1996. I have not. This is the first viewing of this. So I watched Richard Gere, Edward Norton, Laura Linney. Primal Fear. Oh, yeah. That movie's cash. Does it hold up? It's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I, this is a cool movie. I'm, I'm really into Richard Gere lately. I think I've seen three Richard Gears in the last 365 days. Okay. I mean, one being Pretty Woman, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But the other one was that, I can't remember the name of it, it was Badass. Uh, do you do... plays uh, the Bad Guy Cop. Bad Guy Cop Richard Gere. What was that movie? Newer? No. Okay. 90s. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what was it? I'll have to look it up. Yeah. After. I'll look it up later. But it's great. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, do you do Letterbox, uh, Patreon, or Premium, or whatever? I have not. I have not got into the pr- the Premium yet. Okay, I was I was curious if if you took a look at your recap and who who truly was your your most watched actor. I don't think it would have been him. Yeah, three movies because I'm sure I've seen probably watched more Keanu Reeves movies. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, rewatch 1999. Pre pre watch this would have been a cash. I watched 1999's Blue Streak. Okay. Pre-watch, it was a cash. I had I had fond memories of that movie. Yeah. Afterwards, I'm going to say it's trash. It's not that good. I don't know why I liked it so much before. I just didn't I didn't like it this time. Maybe it's just not rewatchable. I haven't seen that. So it's Martin Lawrence is Mar- a con man. Yeah. Cop. Or he, he yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin Lawrence cons his way um, into uh, Dave Chappelle's in it. Yeah. Um It's a it's a it's a action comedy. Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson, yeah. yeah. Okay. Action comedy, take it or leave it. I'll, I'll say it's trash. Uh, 2018's. Uh, sorry to bother you. I've been waiting. I've been. This has been on my watch list for like four years. You need the moment though, right? And I finally had a night home alone. Yeah. Um. This. Uh. This is a. This is a cash movie. Mm-hmm. This is a really great sci-fi movie. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I. I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, yeah. Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Army Hammer. Yeah, Army Hammer. Okay. Yeah, I get Army Hammer and um, Henry Cavill mixed up sometimes. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Super cool sci-fi movie. Um, definitely cash. Yeah. Definitely cash. Very creative. Yeah. Uh, okay. This. Okay. Nineteen. <laughs> going back. Sorry, I just remember the reveal of. Uh, I, you know, it's it's four years old, but I don't think a lot of people have seen it. But the, the, just the reveal of some science fictiony stuff is both shocking and terrifying. But hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. And yeah, yeah. It just popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1987, movie called Street Smart. Okay. Sorry, Christopher Reeve and um, Morgan Freeman. This movie it was awesome. Cash. Quick synopsis. Christopher Reeve plays a reporter. He's reporting on pimps and prostitutes. Mm. He makes up the story that gets published and gets rave reviews. A pimp thinks the story was about him, wants to know how the hell he got this information, and then the cops also want to know how he got this information because they're trying to prosecute uh, this pimp. Yeah. And it is it is a cool, gritty 80s movie. Sounds like a great concept. And Christopher Reeve is, is a good actor. He really is a good actor. Yeah. Lost too soon. And, and, and I had never heard of it. I don't know how I came upon it. Watched it. It's great. Mm. It's on that free service, Tubi. Tubi's like a legit streaming it service. It is legit. Yeah. Couple commercials, big deal. Yeah. Okay, another new one. 2022. Uh, Mark Mendation. Mm-hmm. Emily the Criminal. Yeah. I'll say it's cash. It's fine. Now that I was not my recommendation. That was not well, my Well, here's the thing, Mark. Yeah. I coined the Mark Mendation. Okay. <laughs> so I determined what's a Mark Mendation. All right. Because I coined that phrase. But... Uh, it was one you watched. It was that one. I gave it a positive review. You gave it a positive review. Yeah. I, I gave it a cash. I'm giving it a, an un, unenthusiastic cash. Yeah. I, I think it was okay. It was for a streaming movie. Would you okay. agree with um, online headlines that Aubrey Plaza is having a moment right now? She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's Aubrey Plaza is having a moment. I haven't seen White um, Lotus season two, but uh, here she's having a moment yeah. according to uh, online headlines. She She's good. She's good. 1984. This was cash previously. Mm. Blood Simple. It remains cash. Okay. So good. I have not seen. So good. What an awesome movie. And then, little tidbit. Little, little on this Coen one. Brothers, right? Yeah, Coen okay. Brothers, yep. First Coen Brothers? I, I, I am not a Coen Brothers historian. Okay. But 84, you said. 84, so okay. it's got to be one of the early Very early. Okay. pre-Fargo for sure. Yeah. And then, a uh, little story for this one. Um, the lady was having an off day. She mm. wasn't feeling very good. Maybe mentally. Yeah. You know, just having a mid time. And we were looking for a movie. And, and I was like, how about a movie? I, I got just the movie to make you feel better. And she says to me, I do not have time to watch Wolf of Wall Street. And I go, ah, oh, shit. So I had to pivot. Yeah. And I threw on this. 2004. Cash before, cash after. Napoleon Dynamite. Interesting. And I looked after the movie's over. 
I looked at her, I'm like, do you feel better? She says, yeah. Can I admit something here on the podcast in the sure. safe, safe space we've uh, cultivated for ourselves? Sure. I've only seen Napoleon Dynamite in college, and I don't like Napoleon Dynamite. You know? Do I need to rewatch Napoleon Dynamite? As, I, I don't know. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a really fun movie. Oh, man. I think yeah. it's a cash movie. Um, it, it may, I wasn't even feeling bad. I didn't know I was feeling bad. I uh-huh. watched it. I felt better. It's just a happy movie. Yeah. And with, with quirky characters, and, and it's only an hour and a half. Yeah, I love that runtime. So yeah, and, and uh, so yeah, I thought it was cash before. I think it's cash after. It, I'd say you're probably it, it, you would probably be in the the minority of people that have seen it that didn't enjoy it. Uh, but you know how movies are. Sometimes you're just not in the mood for what you're watching. Yeah. Or if you were in college and watching it, maybe like everyone was super hyping it. I mean, people. Lo- I mean, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, is it even a cult movie? Is there a cult around it, or did it culturally? Uh, you know, infiltrate society. Uh, society. I think it was just it was just a hit, right? Just a hit, yeah. Just, just a hit. Just a hit. I think it was just a hit movie, and it it was. It, it, I don't want to say it pioneered anything, but it was of a format that people didn't have yet. Gave us John Heater. You know, we we owed that, <laughs> and it, and it uh, rekindled the career of the girl from Waterworld. Yeah, I guess I wasn't aware. <laughs> Deb is. The girl from Waterworld. Okay. Yeah. And um, people love that Uncle Rico. People love Uncle Rico. Maybe I'll give it another. I just, you know, that's one of those movies that, not that people have conversations about movies anymore, but, you know, it's just, it's always those that I kept in the back of my mind of, like, if, it, if it's ever comes out, like, oh, what's well, a movie people love that you don't like? Like, Napoleon Dynamite's probably my answer. Just like, I just, I didn't get it. People loved it. It was on I mean, way too much. I yeah. Like, I, I don't like this movie. Like, for me, that would be, um. I didn't uh, go see the bench warmers because of it. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of John, for, for me, that movie would be Point Break. Yeah, like people love Point people Break. People love Point and Break. I, I just don't like Point Break that much. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. You know, everybody's got one. That's why yeah. it's, a, it's a question that people can can ask. It, is you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. But maybe maybe, maybe maybe since it's since it's the Mike Emendation, we we can just uh, <laughs> we can apply that to any movie spoken. <laughs> yeah. That's but, the list. but that that's my list. Kind of. Some rewatches, some old stuff, some new, some new stuff. I hope yours is as variated as mine, because that's a variation. That Mine's very is. small. I'll say that. That's okay. Did do a rewatch. I also watched the menu, so it is streaming now, um, and it's still, it's yeah, still cash. Uh, upon a second viewing, I uh, enjoyed it just as much. Just yeah, um, dug that. Okay, Whew. yeah, it's been a while, so I did get some. Um, some 2022 releases before the official cutoff of 2022. Um, this, I think this is an Amazon original movie. Uh, 2022, I Want You Back. Rom-com starring Charlie Day and um, Jenny Slate. And it's good. Yeah. I, I, I call it, uh, if we're using Mike's system, it's cash. It's a, just a, it's a fun little adult rom-com with two very funny people. You know, nothing groundbreaking. But Charlie Day and Jenny Slate are uh, fun leads. Seems like a fun combo. Yeah. Netflix original, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, Cash. Enjoyed it. Great mystery. I I love these Ryan Johnson mysteries. I didn't do a rewatch of Knives Out. But then, man, played me as an audience. Played me like a fiddle. Because I go, okay, I I see where... I I solved this already. And then, having the movie, you go... You know that mystery you thought you solved? That wasn't the mystery. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch, you did it again. I heard he's got a deal with Peacock for a weekly murder mystery. Yeah. Show. He's getting all Hitchcock on what show? Yeah, what well, God, what show is he? And then he has, uh, yeah, he's doing something with uh, Natasha Leone on Peacock. There's a show. Uh, and the trailer looked very good that he he's producing on. Yeah, I don't know how much his involvement is, but... Right. Uh, yeah, look, look good. So everything he does is good, except for Star Wars, in my opinion. Yeah, and I didn't hate that as much as uh, other people that I like. I mean, it definitely, um, you know, Casino Planet was stupid, but um, yeah, I was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, why are people so mad? It was like a year later, and then the other one came out, and I didn't even see that one. I was like, why? Why are we so mad? People are, people are so mad. I was angry. Did you guys see Looper? It's dope. <laughs> Cut that a break. Also, hey, your IP's confusing. 
you tried making a movie. I'm sure the guy, did, you know, didn't have the greatest thing to work with. <laughs> why, 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 why don't you guys go uh, go go on your Reddit sub sub boards and talk about uh, you know how great Obi Wan is? I hear that show wasn't very good. I didn't. I didn't watch yeah, that one yet. I didn't see it. No, nope, haven't watched that one yet. Um, too many shows. Okay, this is part of. Uh, probably a greater thing I'll be unveiling. Uh, not a greater thing, but like a uh, part of a whole that will be unveiled later as we get close closer to um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part One. Uh, but I'm rewatching the Mission Impossible, so I'll say Mission Impossible One. Cash, great. Um, yeah, love the opening. Uh, De Palma's great. Looks great. Tom Cruise, great. People are like Tom Cruise doesn't age because you know the man's sixty and he's still jumping out of planes and stuff. But nineteen ninety six, man, you just forget how like young Tom yeah. Cruise was back then. Like yeah. you see it in that movie, it's like, oh my god, he looks so young. I don't, I don't think it's any secret that these Hollywood stars have work done over the sure, years. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, you yeah. When I watched Mission Impossible like six months ago or uh-huh. something, I was just like, whoa, babyface. Yeah, and then you watch Born on Fourth of July, you're like. Oh, baby, baby face. Yeah. Yeah, go back even, even further. I mean, sh- watch uh, The Outsiders. You go, baby face with that weird tooth. Yeah. Before you got that fixed. So, yeah, Mission Impossible. Then I watched Mission Impossible 2. So, ultimately, I'm building up to a uh, 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 an official ranking of these as we get ready for Dead Reckoning. But in the spirit of our cash and pass, I will have to regretfully give Mission Impossible 2 uh, trash. I cannot guarantee you Mission Impossible 2 will be on the bottom of your list. Yeah, it's going to be, is it going to come in number six? Absolutely. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that this franchise, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll rank them one through six, but all bangers. Two's just, I found two to be very boring, very bad. It's, it's unwatchable. It's like, like, giving Ethan this, like, weird kind of, like, not rom com but, like, this, like, love relationship that's kind of, like, like, he's supposed to be, like, Pierce Brosnan Bond, like, that kind of, like, it just doesn't work, and then yeah, it just just doesn't look great. It this, I mean, it's two. It feels visually more dated than one. Uh, yeah, Mission Impossible two trash. Excited for Mission Impossible three though. So good. Uh, okay, and that, just one other movie came out in two thousand twenty two. Uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar. Oh, Tar's great. Tar's awesome. Cool. Kate Blanchett, fantastic. Love her. In it. Yeah, she. I mean, if you're if you're a Blanchett fan. If you're a classical music fan, if you want to know what a conductor does, they don't do shit, man. I know that. I feel like it's almost like this is considered a drama, and it's very much a, a drama. But I almost feel like there's a little like we're kind of making fun of this like high society New Yorker think pieces on like people because th- there are some things about talking about like conducting is high society. I was like. They're making fun of it, right? Like the way she's talking, the way she's conducting this interview. Like you know, there's a piece where like a, you know a New Yorker uh, writer is doing a expo- you know a piece on her, and I was like, this is supposed to be funny, right? Because I-, I I found it very amusing just this like how these people just think so highly of themselves, and it's like, wait, your explanation was that you don't do anything, right? <laughs> that you keep time, that's right? Like, that's your job. Is you keep time. And you don't even need to do that. Yeah. A- anybody can just hit start. <laughs> um, and that's it. And then I watched uh, two other movies for uh, this show. Continuing Man vs. Nature month, we watched the 2005 remake of the 1998 horror movie The Fog. The Fog in ni- uh, comes out in 1980. It is written and directed by John Carpenter, along with Deborah Hill, his uh, longtime partner, contributor, uh... Wait, no, not contributor. What you, yeah, yeah, partner, I guess. Producing partner, probably. Pro- producing, yeah, yeah, the producing partner. Writing, writing, writing and then partner. They wrote a couple movies together. But, um, collaborator. That's what I'm Collab- yeah, Long-time word. collaborator. Nice uh, Deborah Hill. It stars Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, Hal Holbrook, Janet Lee, and Tom Atkins. Uh, the fog. Strange things begin to occur as a tiny California coastal town prepares to commemorate its centennial. Inanimate objects spring eerily to life. Reverend Malone stumbles upon a dark secret about the town's founding. Radio announcer Stevie witnesses a mystical fire. A hitchhiker, Elizabeth, discovers the mutilated corpse of a fisherman. Then a mysterious iridescent fog descends upon the village, and more people start to die. The fog. Lock your doors. Bolt your windows. There's something in the fog. Was this your first time watching The Fog? It was. 
What'd you think of the fog? It was okay. Yeah. It was okay movie. I really like the fog monsters. Fog monsters are great. I thought they looked cool. Yeah. Um, I got real tired of this. I'm uh, real tired of the uh, dry ice fog effects. Just like, like come, you couldn't do better than that. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Uh, Adrian Barbeau is so sexy in that movie. And radio voice. I yeah. loved her. In that. I just gonna. We'll talk about it in 2005. Yeah, uh, Bar- Barbeau's great. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis working uh, again with John Carpenter. Her thing. Fun little, you know, being able to be on screen with her, with her real life mother. That's a fun yeah, little yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought I, I watched. I had, I'd never seen this before. Threw it on. Uh, I, I really liked it. In that, I was like, man, this is great. It was eighty nine minutes. I don't. There wasn't much to it. It, it was like a Scooby Doo episode. Like, yeah, I mean, that was. I, I, I liked that. It was just like this very simple, like. Leprous ghost pirates come in the fog for revenge, and then that's it. It's like a tales of the tales from the crypt. I kind of think that's my negative on it. Uh, it was just nothing to me. I, yeah. I kind of like it was okay. I'm not. I don't know. Like I don't know if this is like a cult classic or something. But and John Carpenter's attached to it, but he's attached to some pretty crappy movies throughout his career. Sure, but I was like, it wasn't terrible. I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's, it's just it, to me it was just so so. If you talk about John Carpenter, I don't even know if this is a cult classic. I think if you like John Carpenter, I think you probably gravitate towards other things that maybe weren't critical or financial successes. That you go, oh, that's I mean that's yeah. I think if you if you started rank, I mean if you put like Halloween and the thing, I I was trying to think today is Carpenter our most done remake and sequel director coming in at four that we've yeah. done Halloween. Uh, we've done a few Halloween episodes. We've done the Thing prequel. We did Escape from L.A. and now we've done the Fog remake. Uh, yeah, the Fog. If I think about John Carpenter, I mean, this you know, it's not if you if you put like Halloween, the Thing, way up top, you you know, you're gonna hit Escape from L.A. They Live, uh, uh, Big Trouble Little China. This is like just like pretty mid Carpenter. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. What I mean, I mean his. It's crazy. Like looking at his movies, he he is he he his he runs a gambit of bottom of the bottom of the bin to top of the mountain as far as quality. Now I, I assume you have it up. What do you put in at bottom of the bin? I mean, there are things like things I've never even heard of. Like, I mean, that Foo Fighters movie's got to be bottom of the bin, right? Did he direct that? Studio Six Six Six, known for for some. I'm just on IMDb. Oh, okay. Known for Silence of the Hams. Okay, so those aren't actual directed. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what I'm... I'm just looking at his filmography. Okay. I, I don't know what I'm looking at here. Let, letterboxd. I'll just go letterboxed um, as a director. Uh, so, you know, you have The Thing, Halloween, They Live, Escape from New York, Big Trouble Little China, Christine, then you have The Fog, uh, Prince of Darkness, Salt on Precinct 13, Escape from L.A., which I think we did. We both kind of agreed pretty bad. Uh, Ghost of Mars. Star- okay, that was the one I was waiting for. I was like, oh, do you also think Ghost of Mars sucks? Ghost of Mars has to be a bad movie. I, over the last year, have had this, like, urge to watch Ghost of Mars <laughs> again, but I refuse to pay for it. But it won't pop up on a streamer again. Yeah, I mean, I guess now that I'm looking at what he's actually directed... Yeah. Man, he's... Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And I, you, there's movies you forget about that he's directed, you know? Like Starman. Like, sure, Starman. I would totally Man. have forgot... I mean that that movie's awesome. Um, the vampires with uh, James Woods, John Carpenter's vampires. Yeah, yeah, there that's a great movie. That, yeah, I was like, I remember that as a teen. I was like, that was pretty good, right? Like, that's not, a good movie. You're not gonna be like, oh, this is high art. This is oh, he's you know like the you know Halloween or like oh, this invent. I think Carpenter gets so much like credit for like innovation or like uh, setting a trend. I kind of like the fog where I was like, yeah, man, just made a, made a ghost movie. It was okay. Yeah. Um, certainly not a movie where I watched it and I was like, well, you had to make a remake in 2005 of this. And yet they did. He uh, directed the Elvis movie with Kurt Russell? Yeah, so that's what, I, I had that as what? a note. So um, box office $1 million. Gross is $21 million. 75% based on 67 reviews. Well-crafted return to horror... For genre, genre giant Carpenter, The Fog rolls in and wraps viewers in subtly slow building chills. 
and I thought that's odd, uh, a return to horror. So he, before this, it is Assault on PC-13, Halloween 1979, then he does uh, Elvis with Kurt Russell, and then this is his return to horror, I guess. Yeah. I've never seen the Elvis movie. Yeah, I mean, it's Kurt Russell's second best Elvis movie. Yeah. I mean... Oh, you're not going to say 3,000 Miles of Graceland, is it? Oh, yeah, 3,000 Miles of Graceland is way better than this Elvis movie. I dare... I, you know, you hear, I'm putting down the gauntlet. Watch 3,000 Miles of Graceland, I dare you to say it's cash. <laughs> it's so, I watched it recently, uh, probably like two years ago. I was like, oh, this movie sucks. I've always enjoyed that, that movie. movie. I was like, I, this movie's Napoleon Dynamite. I, I, I've bit. always enjoyed that movie... Because it is so ridiculous. You get that weird scorpion versus tarantula I know, that's what CGI. I love. It's so random and bullshit. Um, but <laughs> so thoughts on uh, the fog aside, they do remake this in two thousand and five. Okay, this time um, so starring Tom Welling, Maggie Grace, Selma Blair, Deray Davis, uh, directed by uh, Rupert Wainwright, who also directed Stigmata and Blank Check. Um, the Fog 2005 is trapped in an eerie mist. The residents of Antonio Bay have become the unwitting victims of a horrifying vengeance. 100 years earlier, a ship carrying lepers was purposely lured onto the rocky coastline and sank, drowning all aboard. Now they're back, long dead mariners who've waited a century for their revenge. The Fog, their past, has come back to haunt them. This is your first time watching The Fog 2005. It was. Um, it was. Do you, did you know this was a movie before I had suggested it? Did you have any preconceived thoughts I on had, The Fog? I knew it existed. Uh, I knew there was a, a movie called The Fog, and I knew there was a new movie called The Fog. Yeah. That's it. I had, I'd never seen this. This is a movie I very much put in. I, we, I've talked about this when we've done, like, uh, My Bloody Valentine or Disturbia, that there was just this era from, like, 2003. I think it started with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake all the way to, like, I don't know when it stopped, but the, this MTV of uh, affication of like '80s horror movies, where they were all like PG, except for I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake. I want to say it's pretty good, but then there was like, we're gonna make these movies PG thirteen. We're gonna hire a bunch of CW stars. Uh, this one, you know, start you know Tom Welling was in uh, Supernatural or no Smallville. Smallville, yeah, yeah. Um, Cheaper by the dozen, I think. Yeah, and. We're just gonna try to find new audience for for these movies, and so I just I never never saw it, but I didn't know it existed. Uh, and then we did My Bloody Valentine. I was like, I like that. Maybe this is good. We'll see. We'll break it down. Eighteen million dollar budget, forty six million dollars grossed. Uh, you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score before we start before we start what, our what, discussion? Can I get the Rotten Tomatoes of the original first? Seventy five. Seventy five. Ooh. Based on sixty seven reviews. Now this had sixty nine reviews, so. I think 75 is too high for that. <laughs> I would say I, this is probably like... Yep. 38? Before, before, yeah, 75. It's interesting. So, you know, when I was doing the research on this, that this was not considered a critical or financial... It wasn't considered a critical success for John Carpenter, uh, the, the original Fog. And then I was right. I was like, 75%? That's pretty good. A lot of after the fact... Um, these are a lot of new reviews of people rediscover or getting their review licenses. Sure. And saying, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was good. The 1985. Yeah. 75 is best in my. I, I, if I had. I know, and I know it's just like how many positive, how many negatives. But this, that's like a C plus movie. Yeah. B minus. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in that, you know, 60 range. Uh, the Fog, you said 38? 4%. 4? Yeah. Consensus, a so-so remake of a so-so movie lacking scare, suspense, and originality. Uh, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was funny. Ron Tomato called it a so-so remake of a so-so movie. I was like, Ron Tomato, you gave the original 75. Now you got to change your consensus because a you got a bunch of new guys in Fedora has been like, oh, John Carpenter, it's pre-1990 John Carpenter. It has to be a masterpiece. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, what worked for you with... The Fog, 2005. What worked for me? Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that, I think Tom Lung is okay. Like, he's okay for a cast member. Um. I don't. He's buff. It is such a weird one, man. I don't. This was the weirdest. After I got done watching this, 
first I'm thinking, I set the theme of man versus nature. Yeah. And after watching Poseidon and this, I'm thinking, I don't think either of these movies were man versus nature whatsoever. It was the fog. And the theme is just an ambiguous thing yeah. for fun. But I, after I, it just made me laugh. But like this movie, what did what it did right for me? Not a whole lot, man. I mean, it is the same movie to me. Yeah. This is literally the same movie to me. The fog looked better. The fog monsters didn't look better, surprisingly. Fog monsters, but the do fog not. looked better. Yeah, you know, I was expecting. I I agree with that. I was expecting. Okay, the movie starts, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're in for a bad one. Probably like the first few minutes of it, and you know, as they're doing the setup. So, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not enjoying this at all. This is bad. I can only imagine that they really skipped on the special effects here. I was expecting, like, bad CGI fog, and I was like, this looks like believable fog. Fog with believable... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, monsters look bad, which is... The first fog... So, I watched these out of order. I watched um, New Fog. Didn't like it. I watched Old Fog. I was like, okay, this is all right. But the my biggest like oh you know what's cool about old fog, just figures in the fog and that glowing orange eyes yeah so cool just like silhouettes of pirates with hooks yeah um this movie okay wait no we were some positives um okay man they yeah fog looked okay. Um, I think it's cool to have a radio station in a lighthouse. Coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Well, having a radio station at all is well, okay. Let's back it up. For yeah. Being a uh, DJ on a in a small town radio station, cool as hell. We've known that since Northern, Expo- Northern Exposure. Yeah. Right? Ha- owning a radio station, uh-huh. cool as hell. Yeah. Owning a radio station that's in a lighthouse. Yeah. You are talking about like paradise. Yeah, radio, the radio DJ of a small town is like a cool character in movies. Always cool. Like, and when they can jump on air and kind of give us a little, like, you know, Halloween ends, like just having someone give us a little bit of, like, information, but as a cool radio. Uh, but, yeah, just someone there to kind of narrate in a cool way to be like, hey, you know, hey, we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of this, and... Just kind of give us a little information. I, I think that's a cool character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a fun idea. And, Great idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, trying to think of, like, some of the greats. I mean, you know, there's uh, the Warriors, right? You, know, you have that uh, that DJ kind of, uh, yeah. you know, giving us information as they make their way. Um, yeah, Northern Exposure. Uh, yeah. I mentioned last, last show... I'm really into lighthouse movies. Oh, and so hey, this was just like you're I mean, welcome. The 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 isolation of a isolation of a lighthouse yeah. is so cool. You can put these two in your um, list of lighthouse movies. Yeah, yeah. Which I'll eventually rank. Yeah, which yeah. Eventually, yeah. Once you once you collect enough of them, you go. Oh, now I gotta put these in order. <laughs> uh, okay, what didn't work for you with the fog? Oh, can I mention one more thing sure. that did work for me? Yeah, let's get all uh, the positives. Out. The selection of music the radio station is playing. Uh-huh. The original, I did not buy into this. People are just listening to jazz. Yes, yes. that didn't make I, sense. Don't you wish it was like, like, because it the the whole idea of like having the small town, like you own the radio station, you're in a lighthouse, you're this like cool chick. Shouldn't you be playing like some rock and roll? Yeah, like, in just nineteen eighties, like mixing, yeah, mixing in a Zeppelin song. So or like, something. like, or like, oh, you're punk rock, like, you yeah, know, you you get to decide what goes on, and you're just kind of playing this like jazz, like old jazz. Yeah. And in the in nineteen eighty, I mean, jazz has been out of style yeah. mainstream since you know like the forties. So yeah. you're right, definitely a miss on this on the original. Um, what does she play on the? It's just like that. It's it's just that two thousands, yeah. Pop rock. It starts with like a little Fallout Boy, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, like a exactly. Fallout Boy, and just that two thousands pop rock crap. Yeah, you know that unmemorable music. But when you hear it in a movie, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. It takes song. you back. Yeah, yeah. But but so uh, that was a pause for me. Like sure. the the 
playlist seemed a little more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, any other positives? Um, I'm trying real hard here. There's must be one somewhere. I can't even point to like an actor's performance I liked in this. I mean, I, I say, like, Tom Welling, that's cool, but I think it's because, oh, okay, someone I recognize. Yeah. Other than that girl from Taken. Maggie Rice? But I think she sucks. She's so. not, was not, I don't know if she's a great actress, she's definitely not good in this, don't, but then, I don't think acting is her strong suit. No one, like, Selma Blair is kind of a lady, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I know Selma Blair, and then I was kind of doing some, um... <clears throat> You know, I, I try and gather information is I, I don't think she enjoyed her time on this film. And I kind of feel like you kind of sense, like, eh, she might be just mailing this in. Yeah, just bit. just getting get it over with. Kind of, you know, so if we're kind of teetering into the negative zone, you talk about the, uh, you know, Adrian Barbeau, kind of that sexy, sultry radio voice. Selma Blair, her voice, I just felt like you're trying very hard. And it comes off as, like... This is a performance of you trying to be like the sultry radio voice. And yeah. it just became kind of obnoxious because it was like, I just kind of felt like you're not this, you're giving a performance. Like it's, it's not, not a very good one. Yeah. And I think I was maybe hurt by her just not really wanting to do this movie. Yeah. And, and her job was to do, give a performance of someone giving a performance. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. You, you, the, the radio, the DJs. The characters putting this on. Yeah, for, and, and yeah. yeah, you're right. She just didn't didn't send it home. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, I mean, Deray Davis is just a character or an, an actor who I've just never really liked in movies. That he kind of just shows up in these like, oh, I'm I'm like the the fourth bill person. I'm the comic relief, and I just it's I don't think he's very good as, as an actor the older townspeople like the 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 priest and everybody, everybody just not no one's doing a great job here no, no. <clears throat> um <clears throat> yeah okay i guess we're now full in negative territory anything else that uh um, sinks the fog here the okay i got one more positive yeah i did i kind of did enjoy the the cutting to the old times. Oh, okay. I like those cuts, those flashback kind of cuts yeah. um, of kind of showing what was going on and then and then how that bag of artifacts fell sure. in the ocean. I, I, I enjoyed that mm. bit of it. Yeah, but then, yeah, negative-wise, uh, the order of which they told this, at least the first one had, like, it just made sense. Like... In the first one, the priest finding the journal and reading it was awesome. Mm -hmm. So awesome. And this, they just kind of tag it on, like, towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, it just showed up, like, oh, here's this journal, read it. Right. It maybe wasn't the end of the movie, but it just, and then she's reading. There's, there's like, this evil mist coming, and she's in the truck, and she's just reading the book. Mm-hmm. And the thing, it just didn't make, things didn't make sense. The order of which they told this story, they, they... They rearranged it in such a weird way. Yeah, you know, you kind of made the, uh, the statement that these were the same movies to you. And I think that while they were... I think the changes that they chose to make in this one, every single one was like a bad choice in this one. But yeah, like making... Like having her find the journal and then, yeah, just like her going off to do this research and the thing. And then making her... Uh, Maggie Grace is who we're talking about. Making her like part of the town lore, and she's the daughter of the founder, and that that ending of the way they chose to end this one. The first one doesn't end great. Uh, it kind of just ends all the yeah. time, and then there's like you know there's jump scare, which like is like oh that's why I felt like it was like yeah it's like a, a Twilight Zone episode or like a uh, Tales from the Crypt, right? It gives you a little jump scare right at the end. This one, I like. I didn't get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, so she's just gone now. It she's... felt so post-production add-on to me. Yeah, I. I felt like they they remade that they had this movie. They did some test screening, and, and they just like we need something else. And maybe it was in the, in the script somewhere that they re 
revived, but it just, yeah, her be- being a ghost, whatever that is, seems so out of place and added on. Yeah. It seems so extra. Because then it, it, the ghost... And it doesn't resolve. It, there's no resolution. Right. It doesn't resolve. I thought they were anything. there to get revenge on the town, but then it kind of made it seem he was just there to get the reincarnation of his wife he lost. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. The first one's not... Uh, I'll save it for when we get to the, uh, that question. But yeah, so that ending just did... I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the change there. Um, yeah, it was... Um, anything else not work? The, so I, so that, I guess we fit on acting. We, that we, we was, fit on the writing. The ending like you brought up with, with her being mm-hmm. like a ta- the ghost or whatever. Yeah. That was... I had two major... There was two major flaws for this. That was one of them. Yeah. The other one became a major flaw to me later. Is this movie is absolutely missing the John Carpenter score? Oh yes. So the original that was when like watching the original like yeah we're getting that John Carpenter music that we learned to love with with Halloween and it and it's. Similar to the Halloween music, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a style he has. Yeah, he has a very yeah, but it's but you know it's, it's his style. Yeah, it's so good, mm-hmm. and, and I thought maybe they would like bring that in, maybe even in the end credits. Yeah, like I, it just wasn't there, and I was like, okay, you, that was the best. That was the most positive part of the first one for me, and they just didn't use it. Yeah, Carpen- Carpenter's even he's a producer on this film. Uh, but I believe that's very much just a name. He gave an interview saying that his interaction with the fog as a producer was simply he showed up on set, said hello to people, and went home. Yeah, that uh, publicity for the cast and right. crew, and and yeah, yeah, and got, he, and he got gets paid chance. as a producer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there was not like you kind of heard in the first Halloween 2018 that oh, oh there was some not collaboration, but they did run things by him. They asked questions of him. This was very much. We're just remaking your movie, and uh, you get a producer credit yeah. on it. Yeah, the music, it, it's, you know, so The Fog, 1980, I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think there's a very strong premise behind it. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a Scooby-Doo episode. It's a, oh, there's, lep, there's ghost leper pirates who are coming back for revenge. But, to me, it becomes watchable because John Carpenter is a talented director who can build suspense... He can, you know, he can shoot things effectively and he can score it to where he can make it an enjoyable movie. Now you're left in 2005 it's like, well, you don't have any of that. You don't, you don't have a director who can make this suspenseful. He can't, <clears throat> or didn't attempt to like shoot this in an interesting way. There's really no suspense. You don't have a great score. So now you're just kind of left with this premise of like, so the fog comes and there's some ghosts in it. And then you're just like, and these ghosts, they can do whatever the hell they want. So now I'm just like, well, why don't they just kill all these people right away? Because you've shown you can just kill people right away. You can make knives yeah. fall. You can touch an old lady and she just turns into a... You can come through the drain? You can come through the drain? <laughs> Did the fog get into the, 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 the drainage system and come up? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the rules of the, the, the ghost pirates in the fog just didn't make sense they were inconsistent I was like, yeah, so you guys could just you could just kill all these people and you're right they need rules yeah for the viewer at least to i have to understand what what yeah. can they do what are their weak like how yeah that's how a, get that's a good them? point i mean we're talking about fake fog monsters there right are no rules but you're right they need they need rules to and, and procedure right <laughs> to, as a viewer i just otherwise i'm just like oh well, then how can these they, the fox should just kill everybody, or the fog's stupid because it's not killing everybody right away. Yeah, and then why does the fog ever knock on the door? Why would the in, fog in both knock? movies? Yeah, the fox should not knock. <laughs> At least they tried to explain it this way that, that the the knocking was the ship, right? That the that the the founders knocked. It was the same yeah. knock they were, but yeah, fo- fox should knock. You're the fog. <laughs> um. Let's see. Would you like to see a sequel to The Fog? 2005. We're coming up on a 20-year anniversary. No, I do not. 
I do not want to see a sequel. You don't want to see a grown-up Tom Welling, uh, Maggie <laughs> Gray. They, they all lived, right? Dre Dave, like the other people who died. I think all the main cast lived. Yeah, yeah it was the older, yeah, yeah. The, the older town folks. Um, yeah, you don't. You know, now it's, uh, it's we just flash forward. Call it like uh, you know. Now it's the hundred and twenty-five. Anniversary of the founding of uh, Antonio Bay and the fog. The fog's back. The fog's back. Um, what about a remake to the original Fog? I think the groundwork and the idea is strong. That I would be on board for a remake of this movie of of the Fog. I think if you get, I'm thinking of like Candyman, the the new Candyman mm-hmm. that if you gave it to somebody who could like just take that source material and just do something real like not just shoot not just like make a remake like in 2005 where there's like yeah we're just gonna make a PG but like someone who like hat took the original idea like there's there's ghosts in the fog and they are here for vengeance and the new townspeople are paying for the sins of their founders right like that's the idea of the fog is that these people are paying there's a debt to be paid, and you guys have to pay for it because of what the founders did. I think there's a cool idea there. Yeah. That someone, if someone can make this, it, it, another negative of the fog. Two thousand five. I don't know if this was an issue in nineteen eighty. Too many scenes shot in the daytime. The movie's called The Fog. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the fog. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of day shots. Like I want someone to like. Yeah, I think if someone grabbed this and just kind of made it like atmospheric and like fog, you put this on like a streamer, uh, Hulu, one of those uh, Hulu horror movies that are coming. Yeah, yeah, I want to see yeah. it. Yeah, Huluween. Yeah, put on a Huluween lineup. Yeah, Ghost in the Fog. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It's spooky because everybody has to deal with fog eventually, and there is some like. The ori- the 1980, those ghosts of just, like, you're driving in the fog, and then there's just figures. Yeah. That's spooky. And then they got dark, eyes. Dark outlines and, lo- and eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. Yep. Uh, make it practical. Although, uh, don't use too much uh, dry eyes. No. No dry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what character from the 2005 uh, fog is most deserving of a spinoff? Oh, uh, so they would have to have survived. Well, I mean, we we do prequels too. Um, and I don't know. Uh, Selma Blair, is it? Uh, is it St- Stevie Wayne? Maybe her character. De- maybe Stevie Wayne deserves a spinoff. Yeah, or a prequel. Yeah, and it's just like a um, how she got the lighthouse. Yeah. It's her battling the uh, like the FC. It's kind of like uh, Howard Stern's private parts, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just yeah. And then how does she get that lighthouse? You know, just it's just her trying to make it, make a career in radio. Yeah, yeah. Probably the only one they could do anything. Or it's or post. Or... Now she's just like she's, but then she's also just like doing. She has the trauma of like surviving uh, fog ghosts. But then she just goes back to work like a week later and just like, all right, like, hey, Antonio Bay. But it, but her format flips, so it's not playing punk rock. She starts doing like a coast to coast, late uh, coast to coast conspiracy kind of show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was still waiting. I, I want her to like talk about the ghosts in the fog and like everybody stay safe. And then she's like, and now, good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's sexy voice. Yeah, sexy voice. <laughs> She's talking, you know, like, hey, no one believes what happens, but she's she's on the radio. She's going to spit the truth. But she still has her musical taste. <laughs> Just like, yeah. An oldie, good, an oldie bit of goodie. Yeah. Blink 182. Yeah. <laughs> and here's Ocean Avenue. Yeah. Which, okay, you've seen them both. Which fog would would you watch? Uh, would you watch first, or would you watch again? Oh my god! If I absolutely had to, if I had to watch one, yeah. or I or I get thrown in prison. Yeah, that, I, have I, to choose one. Would, that would, I can't skip both. I gotta that's choose what would one. Happen, yeah, I'd go with the original just for the music. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the new one was particularly that worse than the first one. 
I think they're both just whatever movies. That's my opinion. Yeah. But I would go with the first one, just so I could listen to that music. I listened. I put on John. I I I put on John Carpenter music, like all like the first few days of this week after I watched this movie. Hmm. And then I watched Blood Simple recently too, and the Blood Simple score is unbelievable. I've been listening to that, so I'm like into that music right now. <laughs> just so yeah, just the synth. Well, no, like. It's the piano. Just that, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would do that first one just for the music. Just for the music. Yeah, yeah. I um, I like the original. Uh, so I, like, if if I give the original like a C plus, two and a half, borderline three stars, the, the two thousand five remake is like a half star movie to me. It was just bad, and and you just take away everything good that John Carpenter does. So it's to me as like. I'll watch the first one again, though, I don't know if I'd be like, I don't know, I don't have like a, a John Carter rating, but just going through the movies, I was like, this has to be like eight or nine on his his list of movies. Yeah, so. I mean, if you were going to screen a John Carpenter, or three John Carpenters for, for people, this wouldn't be It doesn't fit, I mean, yeah. God, maybe on a really foggy night, maybe I throw in the fog, but then I got the mist, and I'd probably just watch that instead. Uh, that's bugs in the fog, but you know, um, maybe I'm just like in a ghost pirate mood, and then I, I throw that on. Maybe that happened, yeah, you, <laughs> you, yeah. And you, you you're in ghost pirates mood, but yeah, not a Johnny Depp mood. So you, you're not gonna do Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, rarely am I in the mood to watch the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Um, oh, it, about the remake too. So like, I do kind of the 1980 fog, and why I do kind of want to see someone remake it is that it's. Watching the first Fog, I was just like, "Eh, this is okay." Like, it, Ghost Pirate, it needs more Ghost Pirates, less setup. And so, if you remade it, you know, just give, just give me a lot more Ghost Pirates in the Fog, uh, which is why I could be a remake. Like, uh, kind of rewatching, I was like, "Man, this is this seems tame too," especially coming off of, like Halloween, sure, like, yeah. kill wise, and like like you kind of have these cool monsters, but like the kills, the actual scares, it all seems kind of tame. Um, Definitely no creative kills, like, right? Especially like Jason we, or uh, like Michael Myers. Michael kind of. Myers would do, and then like later with like the thing or just you know, I was, I was like, I've seen John Carpenter's best work, and then you watch find it's like, man, are you holding back? Did you not have the budget that you know you'd, you'd mm-hmm. have? But you know, they're just figures with hooks. Show me, show me hooking some people. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the Fog, 2000, any other closings, you know? I don't think so. I think I've gotten it all out there. Yeah. I'm out there in the world. Oh. Um, for those to judge me. Yeah, okay. So you're on a Lighthouse kick. we got to watch some Lighthouse movies. Um, just coincidentally, I didn't know there were Lighthouses in this. Uh, this was Man vs. Nature. We almost had Fergie Month, though. Would this movie have been better if Fergie was Stevie Wayne? As she was originally cast to play. No, no. I just thought it was a weird coincidence of like, oh, we just did Poseidon. And Fergie was in that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, Fergie was a, almost is, in this movie. It is a funny coincidence. Yeah, I mean, she's in music, so it makes sense. She would own a, own a light lighthouse radio station. <sighs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think I'd find her believable. Would she be back? So instead of like uh, you know the, the needle dropper uh, um, Fallout Boy, it would be Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, you know, let's, let's get the party started. Yeah, it, it comes. It comes with their contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, we gotta play some. Or no, it's just, and it, it's only solo stuff. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta play the Fergie solo stuff. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of other trivia on this. I mean, you know, the other casting was just like anybody else who was in a CW show. Or uh, in those days, you know, they wanted Jessica Biel to play, like, the Elizabeth part, but she turned it down because she'd just come off Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, other than uh, Tom Welling, it was like, oh, the guy from the OC or this guy from this other CW show. But, yeah, you know, like you said, this, it was just kind of this air where, like, yeah, that was the formula. You, yeah. just, you grab a couple of these people, you grab some IP from, like, 1980, that maybe not all people saw and said, oh, here it is. You know, we're doing the hitcher. We're doing when a stranger calls. We're doing. I think some of this too is um, 
the, the way these movies are made, it reminds me of kind of like hit and miss on the NFL draft, right? Yeah. So they're like, hey, let's put these people in this movie. Let's, let's cast these. And so they got, well, Tom Welling, he's in Smallville. And, I'm, and it's like, CW show, that'd be like college football, you know, yeah. guy. Maggie Grace came off taken or whatever. Uh, lost. Lo- yeah, yeah, lost. You know, maybe they're the next big thing. So, mm-hmm. and, and they missed on the draft, right? Sure. And they just didn't turn into what they thought. Yeah, you know, I, I talk about these movies that come in the air. The ones I've enjoyed, as like, yeah, Disturbia was good because Shia LaBeouf's a good actor. Yeah. And, like, they hit on, like, a young guy who's good at acting, you know, um... I can't remember who was in the Mighty Bloody Valentine. I know those guys were on like Supernatural or whatever. He was good. Like I was like, I like those guys. Like and then this, I was just like, yeah. It was like very much like drifts. Like maybe it's the next big star. You got him. It's like nah, it wasn't in the cards. Yeah, didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Maggie Grace is just gonna be in Taken Four, getting kidnapped again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. The fog. Did we need it? No, no, I, I I give it a hard no. Yeah, I mean, or do I, or did we? Because, I mean, I thought I think we need a remake of the Fog. Yeah. So maybe we needed it, but it, they failed. Did we need this one? Did we deserve this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see a remake of the Fog. It's, it's not this Fog. No. Is this worse than Speed Two Cruise Control for you? No, I think Speed Two is still far worse because, uh, I don't know the. The, the drop-off is yeah. so severe in, from, from one to that that even though this is not a sequel to remake, the drop-off isn't as huge to me because I don't think they're both that good at all. Well, I, I was, as I was watching, I was like, man, is this the worst movie we've done? I was like, no, it's not that bad because, like, yeah, it's a one-star movie based on, like, but while nothing, like, creative or was done, like, with the f- film work, you know, to build anything... It at least looks professionally shot. Speed 2, there was some... It, it does not look good. <laughs> no, yeah. And this at least looks professionally like... Yeah, they. I think that I believe... I believe they had real cameras aimed at things. <laughs> and somebody said, go, or action. There was a cinematographer on set. There was a cinematographer, yes, exactly. Um, if you have thoughts on The Fog, uh, you can email us at dbtgpodcast.gmail.com. And that's the only place you can reach us now. Now you can still reach us on Facebook. I don't check it. But email. We're there. Really, it's uh, places you can get all your podcasts. Uh, iTunes, which is not called iTunes anymore. Google Music. They've changed their name. Stitcher. Google Podcasts. They're still there. If you're listening to this, you know where to get it. Yeah. Um, all right. That does it for Man vs. Beast. No, Man vs. Man vs. Nature. Nature. Yeah. And I, versus- I don't think either the... I think I made the. I think I made a mistake in. In in. What's the theme about it? Is the theme in I, the first one? It's a man. It's um poor man Bradley Cooper. Josh Josh Lucian, and he's taking on um. But after the wave, yeah. It's they're not. They're not like taking on nature. The water. They're taking on like. It's more like a fight against like the the human condition. Yeah, no, no, they had to take on that. What was it called? Was it oh, a rogue wave? Yeah, they, yeah, rogue wave. Yeah, or whatever. And then this one, it's it's a man, Tom Welling, Superman himself, taking on fog. Well, I'm I'm happy that you're sticking up for it. Yeah, because I'm I, I'm having a hard time thinking either of these movies were were man versus nature. I mean, I mean, what what's a man versus nature movie? Not not a remake, not an original, or not a remake, not a sequel. Just man versus nature. Um, you just want a guy like in the rain? Uh, maybe hard rain. No, that's maybe, a, no, that's bank, bank robbers. Uh, day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, very much. Armageddon. Man. Yeah. Okay. Deep impact. No, that's not nature. Uh, that's an active dog. The edge. No, that's a bear. The gray. Those are beasts. That's man versus beast. <laughs> beast? Man versus nature. I, I mean, like, man versus nature is like, yeah. Uh, day after tomorrow, Geostorm, right? <laughs> Hurricane heist. I, I didn't Hurricane heist. Sharknado. Yeah. I almost picked Sharknado. <laughs> and not for the sharks. That would be man versus beast. For the NATO part. The NATO. Twister. Uh, yeah. That is very much man versus beast. There's no bad, yeah. Or man versus nature. Man versus nature, there should be no bad guy, right? It's just nature. Yeah. Yeah, your villain is 
the your villain is is nature. Then yeah, you can't be mad at the tornado for doing what a tornado does. <laughs> in Twister, like you're not ro- like you're rooting for the people, but you're not like oh that fucking Twister. Jungle Book. No, man that, versus nature. That's, that's man versus beast. <laughs> beast is different than nature. Um, alive. Right. No, that's that's, that's the snow. No, that that's man versus versus uh, you know carnal instinct. Uh, what about that one where uh, Jake, uh, not Jake Gyllenhaal, um, James Franco gets caught caught in a rock? No, that's man versus himself. I feel like that rock had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't, okay, our next theme. I don't know if this is going to uh, be more, like, uh, definable or maybe just as ambiguous. I call this Work Sucks. <laughs> and we're doing Horrible Bosses too. Okay. Easy peasy. Okay. I, I didn't want one you had to think about. What's a, what's a remake or a sequel where it's like, these people don't like their jobs. <laughs> work Sucks. Work Sucks. And we're doing Horrible Bosses too. Okay. Uh, I believe both are streaming on HBO Max. So just saw I'm them not sure I've seen... Horrible Bosses 2. I've never seen 2. And I think I've only seen Horrible Bosses the one time. So this will be fun. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a huge Charlie Day kick. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright, that'll do it for uh, this week. We'll be back next uh, episode with uh, Horrible Bosses 2. Until then, it's been Don't Be That Guy. Guys, sequel remakes. You can't run from fog either. Kill them. Fog.